Today on The Breakdown. In poker, sometimes there's a time for words, sometimes there's a time for action, and sometimes there's a time for sandwiches. This is a hand where it's more sort of action-based. It's from the Party Poker 10K (laughs) Millions. The bubble has been burst, and I would say semi-regular player from the breakdown these days. Ludovic Gylik is involved once again. We sometimes call him Crazy Ludo. Crazy Ludo is going to have a hand this time, though. And he's going to be up against Scott. I'm going to mess this up, Margerison. And uh, this is a super tough spot Scott's going to be in. Or he's got a big hand, too, against a crazy player. Is he just supposed to call it down? Is he supposed to, supposed to find a crazy fold? What do you do? Let's get into it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Lowe. I can't believe how disparaging you are to Scott Margerison without ever seeing him before. You just called him Scott. I'm going to mess this up, Margerison. <laughs> That's his nickname. You want me to not just say his nickname? <laughs> Everyone's got a nickname. If it was Doyle, I've, I've never actually met Doyle, but I would still call him Texas Dolly. Fair. <laughs> I'm yeah. surprised. You, so there's but, a time for action. There's a time for words. No, no. Time for words. A time for action. Did you forget about a time for fisticuffs? I said a time for sandwiches. By the way, fisticuffs is action. A time for origami, perhaps? That's, that's better. A time for self-reflection? I mean, there's a time for a lot of things, obviously. A time for, a time for ice cream, but you can't, you can't say not, them all. Apparently not a time for Scott Margerison to get it right, according to you. Well, he's, I'm going to mess this up, Margerison. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason why I say that, of course, is not because that's his nickname, but because I've never heard his last name pronounced, and it could be pronounced a few other ways. I'm just going to call him Scott from here on yeah, out. Yeah, let's call him Scott. Scott. He's, he's actually a guy who's got some results. He's got $2 million in t- live tournament earnings, including a 700K score in a $3,500 WPT event. That is pretty good. He won that event, yes. Yeah, got first. That's, that's impressive-ish. I mean, it's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive, but you know... Some people are going to have $2 million in earnings and not be great. That is true. Gus so. Hansen's got a lot of earnings. <laughs> oh, ouch. Can't stop needling Gus. <laughs> <laughs> Can never stop. All Gus right. Hansen, the one guy who we, we probably needled the most who has never like written anything mean to us. <laughs> well, because we do a poker strategy podcast. There's no way he would listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably true. <laughs> anyway... That's going to rub some people the wrong way. All right. Whatever. So we are in the Party Poker Millions Caribbean. It is a 10K buy-in. And as Jonathan mentioned, there are 53 players remaining out of 948. I guess he didn't mention that, but he mentioned that we were in the money. Close but enough. there are not major ICM implications at this point in any tournament really ever. No. Hey, who suggested this hand? Grant. Wayne Grow. You were just going to go right on, right on into the I hand, might have, you? This is why there's two of us. Sometimes yep. we need help. We, you know that, that part on the beach where there was only one set of footsteps? That was me carrying you, bro. Thank you. <laughs> I was tired. <laughs> you were unconscious. Yeah, I was sleepy. I punched you. <laughs> <laughs> why, did you do, why did you do that? I just felt like, you know, sometimes I want to punch you, and I rarely let myself really do that, often during the podcast. And... Uh, and I feel like it's going to screw up the whole, like, what do we do now? Like, I'm just going to talk for the rest of the time. What was the action? So I hold it all in. <laughs> and then, you know, when you're not looking, I punch you and I say, you know, you fell asleep. <laughs> you have, you have Every a, time you wake up and you think you were sleeping, you weren't sleeping, bro. You have a violent streak. <laughs> I don't like it. Everyone has a violent streak. In particular, you? I don't know. I don't know if I'm more particular than anyone else with that. 
I think I think of myself as a peacenik who punches one person. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> With regularity. I feel honored to, yeah. be, to be that person. By the way, Wayne Grow is the uh, suggestion. I know you mentioned that, but of course, Wayne Grow is often not going to be the actual name of the, uh, the person she's suggesting. And instead, it's a reference to the bad guy from the movie Heat from way back when with Al Pacino and uh, Bobby D. Bobby D. Bobby Robert De, Niro. De Niro. That's their first movie they were ever in together. I guess, the, I guess you could say Godfather Part Two, but they never actually interacted in Godfather Part Two. But they probably met on set. They may have met on set. Maybe not, though. They might have kissed prob- on set. <laughs> they probably met on set. <laughs> you don't set. even know. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I don't know. Yeah. Now it feels like they're always in, in movies together and they're all bad. Sorry. I mean, you, you liked The Irishman. It was, you know, you're right. I, you're right. The Irishman was, was perfectly fine. It was just it was really, just, really long. It was just Scorsese's fourth best mob movie. Why, why are we still making... I feel like it's the same movie as all the other mob movies. I like all the mob movies, but this one also was really long. I mean, it was different, and it was, it was different a in a way different. that you didn't like. So you yeah. can't have it both ways, lovey. Well, that's fair. How about it's shorter and better, though? Can I have it different in those ways? It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah. That's, it it was like, it was a standalone movie. It was good. It's yeah. just not as good as Casino, right. Goodfellas, or The Departed. Right. Honestly, though, if it, wasn't, if it wasn't by Martin Scorsese, I'd be like, that movie was clearly 45 minutes too long. And so I say that movie was clearly 45 minutes too long anyway. Like, come on. It really went on for a long ass time. It was pretty good, but it went on for too long. Yeah. That's all. It was Pod- still a good movie. Podcast is done now. Joe Pesci. Joe Peshing it up. I liked him in that movie. Yeah, me too. He was quieter. A yeah. Quiet, a quiet. It was like a likable Joe Pesci. Sort of. But he was like trying. He was trying to be in a... I can't believe we're talking about this stuff. Yeah. Trying to be a nice guy, even though he was not in any way a nice guy, you know? Yeah. I'm trying not to kill you. Please help me not kill you. <laughs> help me help you. Yeah. You know? Anyway, there were better movies last year. That's what I'll say. Anyway, Wayne Grow. For example... <laughs> anyway, Wayne Grow. Thank you, Wayne... You suggested yeah. on Twitter. We are the Poker Guys on Twitter at two, the number two Poker Guys. Please include a YouTube link and a timestamp when you suggest a hand. Yeah. Hey, right. um, can I say one other thing? Oh, God. Some of you uh, are also watch our videos. I know this. We make videos of about half the podcasts and uh, sort of show the hands and do some analysis on them. And not we're, we've been having some Facebook upload issues. By the time you hear this, YouTube upload thank issues. you, YouTube upload issues. By the time you hear this, they may be solved, but they may not be. There's been some bugs with. Uh, Facebook and allowing poker. YouTube. <laughs> There's been some bugs with YouTube allowing some poker creators to upload for whatever reason. And so we've started uploading all our videos to Facebook as well. So if you're ever missing any of our videos, you can always look there. That's all. Yes. Okay. Please do. Go to Facebook. Yeah. Go to the even more corporate evil site. I mean, whatever. They let us put the videos. I know. So I'm, I'm happy that we might says. have to migrate everybody there. You yeah, know, it's we'll possible we'll if YouTube see. really cracks down on all this stuff. But any hoots. It's really fun it. to think about that, isn't it, guys? Yeah. All right. Anyway, so 53 remain. Got yep. Scott, Scott Margerison. He's plus one. He's got 42 million at 400k big blind, so over 100 bigs. Yep. He's going to open pretty loose here. He's going to open a 900K with Queen of Hearts, Jack of Diamonds. We're at a full table, right? I think so. But that I seems don't really... know. I, I, you can't really tell just from watching a hand. It's hard to Okay, know. I mean, but if we're not full, we should be eight-handed. So it's like, so he'd be plus two almost always, and 53 left. Right? Yeah. I mean, it seems, seems like a mistake. Well, he is very deep. Maybe he <laughs> yes. doesn't think very highly of the table. Maybe not. Um, 
There's Maybe. definitely tables I've been at where I'm yes. like, I can open everything playable from every position, right. and it's totally fine. Right. You know? Yeah, you're right, and it's very possible that's going on here. It's yeah. possible. And I mean, like, I know Ludovic's going to be a, a thorn in his side some of the time, but maybe he just thinks he can outmaneuver post-flop because Ludo's just kind of spewy. It also is very strong to open plus one, yeah. you know, and so, like, people are going to give him a little bit more leeway. But, of sure. course, if other people are deep, like Ludo is also, Ludo's even deeper, um, Ludo's going to play a, a lot of hands in position against him, I think, you know, and make a lot of plays at him and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I mean, okay. maybe the rest of the table besides Ludo is just very passive. This still seems like kind of a bad hand to open, even saying all that, though, like for the most part. Maybe he thought it was suited. That makes it better. But anywho, okay, flat. we don't like it, right? We don't, we don't like we it. Don't like of course it. not. Don't do this. Folds to Ludo on the button. Or on the road. Ludo's got 54 million. Yep. He's got two, two jacks. Sure. Jack, jack of clubs, jack of spades. He decides yep. just a flat. Yep. You think this is a stacked up thing? I think, well, certainly it's at least somewhat of a stacked up thing, right? Like if they're tw- if either one of them is 20 blinds, Ludo's always three betting, yes. right? Um, so I think a lot of it is stacked up. I think some of it's balance. I think if Ludo has been at the, at the table with this guy long enough and seen his opening range, he should be three betting. Yes. Because he's not like a big reason not to three bet Jackson the stacked up is like, well, getting four bet is a disaster. And I don't want to put myself in a position where the guy's range is, is like pretty strong and I'm through betting a hand that's not quite good enough against that range. Mm-hmm. But Ca- that doesn't seem to be the case here. Yeah, agreed. Counterpoint, um, there's value in not three betting because then you get to keep all that weak range alive and in and you get to have position on it when you're deep. True. That's kind of cool. But of course, you also bring in the, the big blind a lot. And you also don't really know what to do on the five, six, eight board as, as well. Or like you feel a I little mean, bit less comfortable. You don't fold. That's right. you, you call. Feel, but you feel like there's more landmines involved, I guess is a better way. Sure. But it. I mean, there's landmines either way, as you're saying. Like when you three bet and you get four bet, hey, landmine, you know, when it's eight high and the guy has a set or aces, it's a landmine. I mean, that's just going to happen a lot in poker. Ludo, yeah. I think part of this is Ludo actually also valuing the notion of like, I'm Ludo. I'm going to, my whole job is make your life hard. I'm going to, you know, make your life difficult now that I'm in position more deep. So I'm going to call a lot on the button with just a really big, big part of my range. And maybe just doesn't feel the need to three that very much at all. Maybe that said, when we were entering Ludo's range in the solver, we gave him 40% of Jack's. Yeah, that's flats, right. Assuming he's going to three bet the majority of the time. Yeah. Because come on. Yeah. People just do. Right. Anyway, I'm more apt to call there than most people. I think I like calling. I like I just like calling a lot. <laughs> but anyway, on every street. Yeah, no matter what. <laughs> see, I want I want to know what they have, man. Got to see what they have. What else are we here for? Yeah, everybody else folds. Yep. So the pot is 2.8 million heading to the flop. Sure. Which is queen of clubs, seven of hearts, five of clubs. Mm-hmm. Here's a first weird decision. Scott Mergerison decides to check. You flop top pair. I don't understand that really. Uh, like Ludo's going to call with all one pair of hands and a million draws. They're deep. I guess Scott thinks like if he checks, Ludo's going to bet a lot. It's Ludo, man. Yeah. He's a good guy to check against. He is a reasonable guy. He's also not a bad guy to bet against, by the way. I mean, I, I think if you are sitting there and thinking, okay, there's a bunch of fish at this table. Yeah. Maybe there are. I don't know if there are or not. And Ludo is not necessarily a fish. He's just spewy. Like, Maybe I, I understand betting and calling if Ludo raises and like always calling triple barrels, but why would we want to play that high variance when we didn't flop that well? I mean, it's not going to happen that often that we bet get raised in Ludo triple barrels. Yeah, right? I know. I mean, it's, it's I know, but that's what you were getting at. No, of course, of course. But I'm just saying, like, it's I don't think we have to factor that in too much of like a reason to check. Right. I'm saying maybe he thinks the best way to get three streets against Ludo with this hand is to check right now and just 
check, hard call, to get, check, call, check, call. So hard to get three streets, though, because Ludo has to decide to bet all three streets. We have no control over right, that. Right, but it's Ludo. That's the whole point, right? Right. No, of course, if Ludo has nothing, he might absolutely fire three times. There are, of course, a bunch of cards that are going to make you know, our life really uncomfortable the rest of the way, i.e. aces, kings, clubs. I'm not even thinking about the straight draws that, you know, we could... There aren't that many that Ludo would really have. I guess he can have like 8-9 and 8-6 probably, maybe a tiny bit of 4-6. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so there's uh, so like there's a lot of cards where you're like, well, I could be losing now if I yeah, wasn't Yeah, there's ready. a lot of those, but because there are so many of them and we know Ludo is going to represent all of them, yes. we just, if we decide to take this check call line, we just never fold. So, unless unless no. the very worst run run. Yeah, exactly. Comes. Like it could come out like ace of clubs, king of clubs, yeah, or yeah. ace of clubs, king of something else, right? Or right. nine of hearts. But on most runouts, when we, we're just going to call. When we decide to check against this player in, yeah. in particular, the plan is just call all the way. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that as a plan. I think we should be betting most of the time, but I'm cool with that as a plan. Just yeah. because like, you know, we, we were plus one. We have a stronger range. We're usually like, if we, had, if we had ace jack here, would we not be betting? I think we usually would be. So... Anyway, it's fine, though, to, to check once in a while. Well, the solver wants Scott to bet 97% of the time, yeah. but it thinks the expected value is similar to checking, or even almost. Right. I mean, it also is thinking it's up against just a normal player and not yeah. Ludo, so in, in fairness to Scott. And Ludo checks back with two jacks on this board, which seems like, I don't know about that either. I mean, I guess Ludo thinks, like, I'm winning almost always, which is reasonable, right? And, uh, <laughs> and... So he just doesn't want to lose his customer. Yeah. So he's trying to induce by checking. Yeah. Not crazy, but also I would normally bet this, I think. Because you're Ludo. Your image is such that you have everything here, right? Like if we don't have anything, we're, we're betting. If we have King Jack, we're betting, right? It's mostly equity denial when we bet, though. Um, I don't know. Like what about when our friend has pocket eights, pocket nines, pocket tens? That's just a very small percentage of his range. Um, you know, sure. <laughs> that's true that's true we don't want to get check raised but we're rarely going to get check raised right even yeah. more, even like much much less of a, a raise is much less of a concern than from scott's point of view yeah i mean i don't hate checking and figuring it out but i understand betting. Yeah. no i don't hate checking either it's something i like to do i mean i'm, I'm all about the pot control i'm down with pot control and like inducing bluffs and stuff but but a, a bet is perfectly reasonable right i mean you can't have a problem with the bet here yeah, I mean, the solver thinks it's more than reasonable. Wants him to bet 99.5% of the time. Yeah, the solver's like, come on, let's go. Thinks the expected value is worth half a blind versus checking, which is a decent Something. amount at this, at this stage in the hand when Something. it's not that big. Yeah. What is big and a big deal in all the ways yeah. is our book. It's actually huge. I mean, like, because if you get it, you can get it blown up, like the huge version. But you have to pay for that and, like, find the printer to do that. And stuff. Well, yeah. We don't, we don't do that. You get the normal version, and then you make it big. Sure. Which you're going to want to do because of all the great content in there, Jonathan. If you make the book big enough, you can actually live in it as a house. <laughs> I mean, that's true, yeah. I mean, think about that. You bought it to read, but now you have an, a, a domicile, an abode. And that is how the poker guys will keep you warm. Yeah. So you thought you were listening to this for poker strategy, and you are. But you're also listening to it because it's house, it's house flipping 101, bro. <laughs> Definitely. But before you get to the house flipping, you might want to read yeah. the book. Yeah, because it's great. It's called How Can You Fold? And you can get it at thepokerguys.net. It is in the description of this podcast. You can get the ebook there. You can also go to Amazon and get the paperback from there. It's 37 tournament hands that we break down. Uh, we, we have a back and forth text conversation. We really get in the weeds with some of this analysis, and we spent a year doing it, so we think it's some of the best of our analysis that we've ever done. Of yeah. course, we still have fun with it. So we think it's a book that you can kind of learn by accident as you're kind of having fun reading it. 
We start with the least complex hands. We end on the most complex hands. So it ramps up as it goes. We've got a combinatoric section. We've got a glossary. It's a lot of fun. Everybody loves it. Everybody does love it. It's not even like incorrect to say that, which feels good. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a good book. You should check it out. You should buy it. And if you get it, please leave us a review on Amazon, a five-star review. It means a lot to us, and it, it helps us in the future, and it helps us potentially write another book. Yeah, and you know, we want to write another book. I'll say that. We're like into that notion of writing books, yeah? Yes. So that would be cool. Yes. Do it. Actually, we ran into a, um, a fan of ours just this weekend uh-huh. who is reading the book and actually has read it and buy, has bought it for other people too because he likes it so much, which we appreciate, by the way, Steve. Um, and uh, he said, I'm buying it partially so you write more. But I got to, of course, read now the best, possibly the best review I've ever read. <laughs> Wait a second. Where is it? I lost it. Someone wrote... Oh, I can't find it now, but whatever. The review basically said, I haven't read this book, but I bought it, and I'm going to put it next to all the other books I haven't read. It looks like it'd be really good five stars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to make of that review. I, I mean... As- is this just you guys having fun with us, like, fucking around? There, there are so many almost, like, semi-jokey reviews... Because everyone's got everyone's got a bit. I, I I appreciate the algorithmic influence that review has. Yeah, me too. But I don't really love the sentiment behind it. I think it's a problem. Uh, but you know, we have reviews of people who have actually read the book as well. Yes. No, and that's pretty good. <laughs> anyway, I was looking for it. I wanted to read it, but there's a lot. There's you know they're starting to pile up those reviews. It's nice. It's All nice. right, let's move along. Okay, we've got the Queen of Clubs, Seven of Hearts, Five of Clubs flop. We've got two jacks for Ludovic Gylic, two black jacks, Queen of Hearts, Jack of Diamonds for Scott Margerison, and has gone check, check on the flop. The turn is the sickest, the illest, the most unrealist. Ooh, I like that. Jack of Hearts. So final jack in the deck comes, giving Ludo a set of jacks and Scott top two, and they're both super underwrapped. That so, jack of hearts is going to break Scott into many, many parts. He'll kick you apart. What is that from? From Washington. We just watched oh, that. Okay. He'll <laughs> kick you apart. All right. So, <laughs> um, this is a disaster. Yeah, this is just not fair, this card. This is the coolest, as you're saying, card in the deck and ridiculous. And now Ludo's gone from way behind to way, way, way ahead. So Scott's going to need to start betting now, right? Um, I mean, yeah. Like, it seems like Ludo probably has a lot of folds in him after that flop action. Maybe we can get lucky and Ludo can have something like Jack-10 or Ace-Jack. I mean, there are um, a lot more Broadway combos now that either have a pair or have a gutter, at least, you know? Like, the Ace-Highs of the world that call pre-flop, some of them are going to, like, like Ace-10 now is a gut shot and Ace-High and might call. You know, that's cool. Yeah, we're just hoping. Yeah. So Also, there's two flush draws now. Yeah. I mean, it's more likely for, for Ludo to have the backdoored one than the yeah. frontdoored one, obviously, because he didn't for bet sure. the flop. So Scott's going to bet. He bets $2 million into $2.8 million. That seems kind of big considering... <sighs> considering the action. Yeah. It's like... I mean, it looks like we have this monster hand now. We've got top two, and we're going to never get any action with it when we bet this much. Now, it turns out we are going to get action. We don't want Ludo, it, Ludo got there in such a sick way. But I don't like this line. I don't like the check if we're going to... I understand the board got a lot wetter. But like two million, when Ludo chose not to bet the flop, there just aren't that many cards that are going to put us in any trouble on the river, right? Like Ludo might have even bet some of his backdoor flush draws on the flop, you know. So like it's the ace tens of the world only is like what we're most and king ten. That's jacks, about it. Jacks, 
Okay, yeah, sure. But we'll get action from that. Although when we bet $2 million, it's a little harder, right? Ludo can't fold a jack. I don't think Ludo's folding a jack yet, but we also want to get action on the river, right? Like, we're... I mean, that's going to be pretty big. No matter what, if he has less than a jack. You're right. No, no, no. But if he has a jack, not ace jack, but he has like jack 10 suited, he's going to call the turn. But if we bet really big on the river, it's it's harder to get calls from that hand. That's all. I'm not saying we won't. Ludo could decide the hero, but it's harder. So anyway, I I don't like the sizing sort of practically. Maybe um, it's okay because the board is so wet. And maybe, maybe there's a dynamic between him and Ludo, which would make it better. But to go from checking to betting two-thirds of the pot, more than two-thirds of the pot, just seems like a mistake. Yeah, I, I, I kind of get that. But he's trying to trigger that Ludo instinct, whatever Ludo instinct has. I feel like a small bet triggers it better than a big bet. Maybe like, he's been playing like, with Ludo and he's seen some stuff. Like if we bet, maybe, yeah, no, I agree. Like there could be dynamic in history. But without that, like doesn't it make more sense strategically to bet something like 40% of the pot? Ludo's like, oh, you hit your jack. Cool. I can get you off that. You yeah, know? maybe. That's all. At the same point, the story is weird. I'll, gi- I'll give Scott that. Anytime you can tell a good player a weird story, that's not so bad when you have a good hand, which he is now doing. Yep. So that, that's, po- that's a positive. Anyway, it can't be the end of the world. No. The solver, the solver slightly prefers a smaller bet of $1 million versus a, the $2 million bet, but yep. there is no expected value difference according to the solver. So it's just about balance. And it only wants him to bet 73% of the time, by the way. Hmm. doesn't want him to bet all the time, which is weird. Maybe it wants a check race. Maybe. It must be that it wants a check race. Maybe. Now, of course, Scott does bet $2 million, and this is a dream scenario for Ludo. Ludo is literally dreaming this scenario. Perhaps he has in the past. Maybe he is. Maybe this is a dream. Maybe we're in Ludo's dream right now, and this is, this is a dream scenario. Maybe we're in the eyeball of a giant. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> okay, just checking. I've heard somebody say it. All right, so Ludo's loving it. It is a bit wet at this point now. Yeah. He probably assumes that if Scott has any draws, they're most likely heart draws or king 10 or 9 10 because they came yeah. in on the turn. Yeah. They did not flop. Although you'd expect Them a lot to of those bet the flop. hands to bet the flop. Yeah. But, you know, checking the flop is weird in general. Like, he's not just going to have nutted hands when he checks the flop or medium strength hands. He's mm-hmm. probably a balanced guy, I would yep. guess, with, with his resume. So I think we should just raise just because our hand is so good. Like, and not worry that the stories where we might blow them off of stuff. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, too, now there's even a million more cards that are going to come and kill action on the river one way or another, right? Yeah. And we don't want to... Like, we'd rather just either charge his draws the max, get him to fold his draws, or get more action in now from a made hand that when, when a scare card comes on the river and it's harder to get action then. Like, it seems like just there's so many benefits to raising. It's not so bad if we take it down right now. Obviously, we want more action, but... It seems crazy not to raise. By the way, it's stronger to raise this street. Uh, sorry, it's weaker to raise this street than the river, too. If we're like, like delaying this to raise the river, yeah. feels like a mistake against a good player. Yeah, we do want more action. Although, getting three bet, you start to get a little worried. I mean, whatever. You're like, yeah, you have queen, queen sometime, but whatever. That's it. That's the only thing we're losing, too. I know, but it, you would be worried, right? I wouldn't love it, but yeah. I wouldn't fold. I, I assume we're getting it in. Especially on a board this wet. I'm just talking here. I'm not yeah. saying we're going to Anytime you don't have the nuts and someone puts in a big raise against you, you're a little bit worried. Right. right? But in this case in particular, the way this hint is played out, if we get three bet, it's like, yeah. oh, uh-oh. Well, I'd be like, I sure hope he has pocket sevens <laughs> <laughs> or king ten of hearts or something like that, right? Pocket seven seems like so much more of a bet on the flop than I pocket agree. queens. I agree. King ten of hearts, though. Yeah. It's possibly going to have king ten of hearts. Yeah. And it's like, great. I'm so glad you raised me so I can put in a three bet now and... Get more fold equity, and you're Ludo. You don't have to have it, you know. Anyway, I think we just close our eyes and go with it and be like, if it's a cooler, it's a cooler. Yeah, it does suck, but yep. 
I mean, we could just call if we get re-raised, but we're going to get it in by the river anyway against top set, unless a, unless a bailing out type action, action clean card comes, you know. Anyway, Ludo does race. Yeah. Again, he's got Jack Jack on this Queen of Clubs, Seven of Hearts, Five of Clubs, Jack of Hearts board. He does raise $6.8 million over the $2 million chip bet. I think raising makes sense. The solver thinks he should raise 99.5% of the time. Yes. Although it does not think the EV is wildly different than calling, which is interesting. Yeah. Based on the action, it probably thinks it just gets a lot of folds by raising. Right. And Scott's going to have bluffs on the river that he's going to miss out on. Yeah. Type of thing. Um, but Ludo does raise to 6.8 million. What do you think about that sizing? Seems pretty standard and good. I got no problem with it. Uh, it's a little bit bigger than one might expect. Like, you know, slightly bigger, but I think it's fine. Um, Scott bet bigger than we would have expected really on the turn anyway, even with the wet nature of the board. I think bigger is probably a little bit better, especially when your image is uh, Ludo-esque. I'm down with it. All right. So now the question becomes for Scott, is there any value in three betting? Because, of course, right. we can't fold especially against Ludo with top right. two on this board. So is there value, in your opinion, Jonathan Levy, in three betting? Against Ludo specifically, I would really not want... Against almost anyone, but certainly Ludo, I would not want a three-bet. Because you think he has so many bluffs that you just want to capture value on the river? I think, yes. I think that's exactly what I want to do. I want to call and check and let him do his thing. Yeah, It I mean, feels like it makes all, so much sense. Of course, the continuing range when you, we three-bet is also a problem. As we were talking from Ludo's perspective, right. we were like, we're not super happy getting three-bet even with a set of jacks. So like, when Ludo continues against a three-bet, it's either a monster draw or queen-jacks in big trouble. What we do is we miss out on some of the set set versus set. So actually, no, we don't have a set, though, because we, we only have top yeah. two. Yeah, like Ludo's going to have to continue with like a worse two pair, basically, right? Which seems really unlikely what on this board. What two pair is he supposed to have? He's not, he, like, you're, you're, saying, you're telling me he's not betting 5-7 suited on the flop? Because that's like, it. Yeah. That's the only obvious two pair. I don't think he's calling Jack-7 suited pre or Queen-7 suited pre. Absolutely not. He's, so, he's a little spewy, but he's not a moron. So, so the only thing we're really getting value from besides 7-5 suited is like King-10 of hearts or Ace-10 of hearts. Right. Right. That's it. Which is not horrible to charge, but like they still have a decent amount of equity against us. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it can't be that bad like to put in a big three bet against. If we knew he had those hands, we'd be really excited to put in a big three bet right yeah. now. Right. Um, but since Ludo's the kind of guy who's going to have so many bluffs, and as we're saying, is probably going to fire at most rivers most of the time. Uh, I think we should absolutely just call it. And here. as Scott, we've engineered this spot by yes. checking the flop. Yes. Right? We know our opponent. We decided to check the flop. We made an even bigger hand on the turn. Now our opponent has done what we expect him to do with more frequency than any of the other people at the table. Right. Like, he could just have ace four here and right. just be going nuts. Like, let's let him do it. I agree completely. Like, let's let him go crazy. Yeah. I, I think a call makes all the sense. Even though once once it's going to go check, check, and Luda's going to give up, we have to give ourselves a chance to capture dat equity, you know? Like, dat, dat equity. Oh, dat equity. I thought yeah. you said dat equity. Oh, okay. That too, maybe. I mean, Luda could have like nine, ten suited. And if checked the flop because he's just like, eh, it's whatever, we're deep, it's not a big deal. And then he picks up the open ender and he's like, well, you have like a jack at best. I can win this pot by the river if I show strength. You know, I can also rep the flushes when they come in. I can do all these things. Yeah, I think we should just call. Yeah, I agree. That's what he does. Okay. He's in trouble, but, you know. I mean, whatever. Sometimes you're in trouble. Sometimes you're just beat. And of course, the solver wants him to call 99% of the time. Of course it does. Yeah. So before so, we get to the river, I want to talk about something near and dear to my heart. Is it? It is. Is it the, the your lost, lungs? The lost mosquitoes of the North Pole. Oh yeah, they used to get to play on nitrogen, mm. but then they got lost. 
And now what? And now they can't find out how to log in because they're lost. I mean, they have probably have bigger problems than that, but they, sure. They do, but how it relates to what I'm talking about yeah. is how they used to play on nitrogen sports, which was wonderful for them. I have a question about North that. Pole mosquitoes. Here's a question. Yeah. So how, first of all, how big are these mosquitoes? They're like seven feet tall. Oh, geez. So one of them could kill a man by sucking his blood kind of a thing? Could, but won't. They're gentle. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Are there, um, are there like legs and arms? Are they proportionally sized also? Or are they much smaller or bigger than what you want? What are you expect? talking about? When you say a human is seven feet tall, do you expect him to have baby arms? No, but I'm asking about mosquitoes now. These are North Pole mosquitoes. They're not normal mosquitoes. What I'm you, asking. What, like, you understand your question is bad, right? <laughs> you, you understand these are mosquitoes that live in the North Pole. They're different. They're built for the cold. They may have smaller arms. I want to know. Why would you think they were not proportionate? <laughs> so they are. So they're normal yes. mosquitoes, but they're just, they can handle the cold for some reason, and they're seven feet tall. I didn't say they could handle the cold. That's just where they are. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not dying from the cold. I don't know. They're lost. <laughs> no, that, before that they were lost, things. when they live in the North Pole, though, are they actually from the North Pole just because they're called Nobody the North Pole? Nobody knows where they're from. They were just discovered by the North yeah. Pole. So that's why they're named North Pole Mosquitoes. Yeah. Got it. Seven feet tall mosquitoes. Okay, please continue then. You anyway, can answer all my questions. They used to play on nitrogen sports where you can get access to the Poker Guys monthly tournament. Right. Which is important for mosquitoes and for you. If you use the link that we put in our description here, you can get access to this tournament, which is a 100 buy-in or 1,000 buy-in guarantee. Excuse me. We never really get more than 100 players. You got to use the link to get access to that tournament. Yeah, it's um, it's a great tournament. Nitrogen in general has got lots of awesome stuff going on. Like they got sports betting, they got casino games, of course, all the pokers as well. You get your money in fast. You get it out fast too. Um, It's Bitcoin only, which means you get paid in 90 minutes whenever you get your money out. That is faster than anywhere else in the world when it comes to this sort of gambling poker stuff. So, you know, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. You got anything else to say? Uh, so the, the, has the North Pole Mosquito ever actually won the tournament? No. They're Why? terrible. I mean, if they just go all in blind every hand, they have a chance. Yeah, though. but they're unlucky also. Also, they're pretty tight. <laughs> they're pretty nitty. Yeah. Yeah. Which right, is that. ironic because a knit is a baby lice. And yet these are mosquitoes. Is that irony? Could be. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Back to the hand. Yeah. We've got the flop of Queen of Clubs, Seven of Hearts, Five of Clubs. It checked through with Queen Jack for Scarp, Scott Margerison against Ludo's Jack Jack. The turn was the sickness. Jack of Hearts went bet from Scott of 2 million, raised to 6.8 million by Ludo. Call from Ludo. Or call from Scott. Yeah. The river is the three of spades. It does not complete any of the draws except for four six, which is very unlikely. Right. That's a great card from Scott's point of view. Nothing like the Ace of Hearts kind of a devastating card. It's a great card from both of their point of view. Well, yes. Because Ludo doesn't want to see the Ace of Hearts either. Right. But Ludo's like, I mean, even if even if one of those cards comes in, I'm usually winning. But from Scott's point of view, you assume, you know, you're up against a lot of draws here. Or you're just up against a lot of crazy Ludoness. Right, right. But that's a good card. We can. We're gonna. We should be able to call very comfortably and easily, almost no matter what, right? When, right. The, when the three of spades comes in, sixteen point four million in the pot. Yeah. Should Scott consider donking? No, because of all of our plans about letting Ludo do it. If right? the whole point is to let Ludo go nuts, if we're gonna donk, we better donk like nine hundred thousand. You know, one point two million, and let Ludo put in a big raise and hope he's like. But but that's like. That's like amateur stuff, and we're not, we're not an amateur, and neither is he. So I think he, he might see through that and 
be able to put figure out where he is a little more than we'd want him to. I think it's a clear check. Yep. So does the solver, 100%. Literally 100%. We don't see that very often. Nope. And I'm cool with it. I don't think we need to talk about it anymore. Nope. That's what Scott does. Good. Now, as for Ludo, it's all about sizing here because he yeah. has effectively the nuts, right? Like, if he gets check shoved on, he's like, uh-oh, I guess I call, but yep. I oh. lose, like, half the time probably, you know? Uh, yeah. Well, some percent of the time, but he's always calling. But, yeah, it's just sizing. Do you think it'd be less than half the time he would lose um, against a competent player with these stacks to start the hand? Yeah, I think so. Well, sometimes he's just winning. Sometimes the player's bluffing. And sometimes the yeah. player maybe has a set that's lower than his. Um, or sometimes the player might have top two and lose their mind. I mean, that seems unlikely. When Ludo bets 18.5 million. Well, when he does that, it's hated. Now, a now bit. if he gets check shoved on, it's like at least half the time he's losing, right? I still don't know that that's true because I feel like you're just thinking about the value range and not some of the bluffs that might be there too. When it's Ludo who can have bluffs as well. So Ludo's going to have less strong value here than most players. And so that means from the other side, there can be, you, can, you can fire a few more bluffs. As a, as a quick aside, yeah. because this, let's just forget about everything that's real for okay. a second listeners. Great. What are the bluffs that if Ludo bets 18.5 million, haven't taken this line, that Scott gets here with? I mean, it's got to be the ace and hearts, basically, right? And he, why does he feel emboldened to bluff? Because it's Ludo, and Ludo's going to be all over the place. So it's not, there's no other reason. There's no combinatorial nope. reason. There's no balance reason. Nothing. I got nothing else. So I mean, that, that, we, seems, we, that seems unlikely, right? I mean, we don't block. I mean, we, if we have any bluffs that we get here with, we're not going to block anything we want to block. In fact, we blocked some of the bluffs. Right. But there's at least two flush draws. That's good. And there's all sorts of weird stuff Ludo can show up with, as we know. Right. I'm, I'm just saying that seems unlikely. I agree. But th- I don't think it's going to be zero. I think, I think the, a really good player is not going to have zero bluffs here if he check raises Ludo all in. That's what I think. Probably not zero, but it's just tough to like figure out what are what are good hands to bluff with. Let's say you flop a set of sevens and you decide not to bet it, right? Like Scott decided not to bet top pair. Like those are not the same thing, but you know they're in sort of in sort of the same general. Well, that's not a bluff though. Hold, no, no, I'm not talking about that. Okay. Um, and so you decide not to bet it on the flop, and then everything else plays out the way it is, and you're Scott on the river. You're check raising all in, right? When he bets more than pot. Yeah, you're still check raising all in. Come on. You're losing to pocket queens and pocket jacks only, and you think those yeah. are think he's gonna three bet those a lot. Yeah, I think I probably am. So like Ludo can have top two, especially if you have pocket sevens, and Ludo can have bottom set. And I mean yeah. it's unlikely he's gonna have bottom set there, admittedly. And he can have a lot of draws that missed, but we're just trying I think we're mostly trying to get value out of top two. Yeah, obviously the draws that missed don't matter right. if we check raise Of all course. In. Of course. And pocket threes is unlikely which is too bad. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to come up with how pocket threes are going to be there very often. It's mostly top two that we're trying to give value yeah. from at that point. Yeah. Oh, uh, it could be pocket fives that Ludo slow plays also. Or sometimes. like a hero call from a king-queen type hand. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, where he's like, I guess you have a lot of draws. I don't know. So there's, so there's some hands you can get called by. Anyway, I'm just saying like, I think, I think pocket jacks is a pretty easy call. And yeah, oh, you're going to lose. I agree. It's an easy call. You're certainly going to lose sometimes. Yeah. But you just got to, just, that's just the game. It's just interesting in No Limit Hold'em how such a good hand can feel uncomfortable so easily. I mean, on the river, when someone raises, if you don't have the nuts, it never feels that good. Right. Unless it's a very specific. Sometimes you have the effect of nuts. Dynamic. Yes. All that stuff. Yeah. Sometimes there's no way someone else can have the nuts and it's fine. But all right. Uh, anyway, let's go back to reality. Okay. So Scott is checked and Ludo's going to bet. He's going to bet big. He's going to bet 18.5 million into 16.4 million. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. I like it. Yeah, for Ludo specifically, right? Because it's so polarizing. Right, because 
unless we're expecting Scott's going to go off with his draws when we bet small, which I don't think we have reason to expect. Like, Oh, no, I don't think we would expect that. I think that we might get a kind of a binary decision from Scott mm-hmm. rather than a sizing-based decision against yeah. Ludo specifically. Yeah, so I, I, I really like the big sizing. I agree. Him. I agree. Um, he should be calling with most of his calls. Anyway, Ludo's going to have a, some bluffs here. I don't know if it's a lot anymore, but he's certainly going to have some bluffs here. And, yeah, if you have ace-queen, it's hard to have ace-queen, but I guess we had top pair and we checked yeah. it, so it's possible. If he has any queen, he can't fold against Ludo. Seems hard to fold against Ludo with top pair or better. Yeah. Seems really, really hard on the way this board is run out and based on the action. Really, really, really hard. Yep. The solver actually likes Ludo's big bet a lot. Mm. It um, thinks it's worth 1.9 million chips more than betting a normal size, like 8 million. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's like, it's sort of backing up that point of like, it's a pretty binary decision, right? Like you're right. getting a lot of the same calls. It's like five way. blinds worth. Yeah. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. All right. So this is uncomfortable for Scott, but it's Ludo. We've engineered the spot, so obviously he calls. It seems like a super obvious call to me. Nope. Nope. He tanks and he folds. Yeah. Okay, he's correct this time. Yep. Is this one of those podcasts where we're just going to go to, he must have a tell, or he's bad? Um, I'm going to say some version of that. I, I don't think bad is fair. I'm going to say he made a I'm gonna guess. I'm going to guess he overfolds the river if he's folding to this player in this spot. Um. You know, he overfolds to aggression too much, and you can probably take advantage of him a bit. He's exploitable in that way, is my guess. Uh, Ludo of all players to make this fold against seems like it's got to be wrong unless you have a tell. All right, here are the reasons that I don't like the fold. Yeah, go ahead. Number one, we check the flop, creating this weird dynamic where we underwrap our hand and give Ludo a license to bluff. Right. Number two, there are a ton of draws on the turn, and Ludo is going to raise a lot of them. And he's going to have the plan to follow through on the river with a lot of them, especially when we've checked the flop. Sure. That's enough. That's enough for me to call. It's, yep. It's Ludo. Our hand is massively underwrapped, and we're up against a guy who absolutely, and the board is such that he's absolutely going to have a lot of bluffs. Those are incredibly good reasons to call. Either one of those might be good enough. Both of those combined feel like amazing. It's hard to put Ludo on a hand like Queens or Jacks because there's only one combo of each, and he would have had to call pre-flop with them, which he did. But really hard to... That's a parlay right there. Yep. So what do we... If we fold, it means we're losing to pocket sevens or pocket fives, basically. That's all we're really afraid of. And even if we think he has queens and jacks in his range, there's one combo of each remaining. Yeah, right. So it's just like, come on, man. Like, we're losing to seven... Eight, I guess if you want to include queens. Eight combos total. Queens and jacks are going to three bets some of the time. By the way, sevens are going to three bets some of the time also. Uh, Maybe not too much when they're this deep. Um it just seems, and the, how many draws are there? There's got to be a million. There's can, straight draws and flush draws of even all if we sorts. Don't, even if we don't give him clubs, which is unreasonable because he will sometimes check back clubs on the flop. Ludo. Okay. Talking about. Sure, sure. And just give him hearts. Yeah. He's got ace, ten of hearts. He's got king, ten of hearts for sure. Nine, ten of hearts. Eight, ten of hearts. Four, six of hearts. Eight, nine of hearts. Those are all combo draws. Uh-huh. That's six right there that Ludo can have. And that's when we're being conservative and not giving him clubs and not giving him random Ludo bluffs or just random nut flush draws. I was going to say, or random any other flush draws. Yeah. Which, by the way, when based on the action, he really might feel obligated to yeah. raise, especially a non-showdownable flush draw. Like, why not just put like... Why don't you put some action in right now? I mean, I feel like against this action, we have to call with a lot of hands and especially top two. I feel like ace-queen is kind of an easy call. Yeah. I'm 
I can't understand. I feel like Ace Jack is like a think about it for a long time and probably call. Yeah. Like type hand. Yeah, because he's so polarized yeah. and it's like, and we checked the flop. And yeah, maybe we can start folding it lower than Ace Jack if we're going to use distribution. Yeah, okay. But this like, And also, coming back to distribution, is this... What, where does this rank in our distribution, bro? I mean, it's pretty high. It's possible we never check a, a set of sevens or a set of fives because Ludo can have queens. Right. And then this is the second best category of hand we can have after a set of queens. Yeah. And I maybe, guess we can have a set of jacks, too. Okay, we can have a set of jacks. That actually Jacks actually yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, but there's very few combos of sets of queens and sets of jacks. Um, there's three combos of each, and we'd have to play them this way and not see bet the flop, which, okay, sometimes... But like, man, I don't even, this feels like way up there in our distribution. This, this feels like such an easy call and lose a lot of chips spot. I don't understand how this guy avoided it, except A, he has a tell, or B, this is an exploitable weakness of his that right now happened to work out this time, you know? Yeah. And he's going to like, look at this. He's going to have seen this on the stream or the video or whatever, and it's going to reinforce this decision. Assuming this is a, a gameplay type thing and not a tell type thing. And if that's true, he's going to keep doing this. And I would just say anyone who's playing against him, you should put a lot of pressure on this guy because look what happens. Yeah. I don't know. Perhaps perhaps it was a tell. Yeah. Anyway, Scott does fold. Yeah. Somehow avoids that one. Ends up finishing 22nd for 50K. Ludo ends up finishing 14th for 65K. See? Ludo made a lot more money. See? That's what you get. That's what you get. <laughs> By, by making the correct fold in the by moment. saving 18 million chips. Yeah. Yeah. Saving half your stack. I mean, that, that fold probably made him a lot of money. I know it probably really did. Yeah. But it just seems like I can't... I mean, he made 15K. It couldn't have made him that much money. It's, I mean, 50K. Oh, 50. Oh, that's a lot better. Yeah. Okay. That probably did make him like $30,000 or yeah. something. So, yeah. it's uh, I don't know how to justify the fold other than physical tell. Yeah. And does it... I mean, was he looking? Was he staring at Ludo for very long? Do you have any sense of that? Uh, I don't have any. I, I did watch the video a while ago, and I don't remember anything like that happening. I just remember sitting there sort of thinking, but it's been a while, admittedly. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I don't feel like Ludo's giving off lots of obvious physical tells. Now, maybe he is. Maybe there's things we're not aware of, but that hasn't been my experience of him. My experience of him is just a, a nut job, and you call him a lot. Yeah, a nut yeah. job in, a, in the best way. I don't mean that yeah. in a negative way, but like, you know, he's wide a lot. Like, Ludo was always supposed to get paid here. This is, you engineered the whole thing, so that way, this is one of the good things about having your rep, is you always get paid in a spot against a hand like this. Yeah. Like, you cooler guy, you always get their chips when you're Ludo. No yeah. one ever gets away. Somehow this guy gets away. It must be really disappointing for Ludo. Yep. He's like, I would have finished higher. <laughs> Might have. I mean, probably. Anyway, if it's not obvious, the solver wanted Scott to call. Oh, of course. 98.5% of the time. But it didn't want him to fold 1.5% of the time. It wanted him to raise 1% of the time. Yeah. And call half a percent. Fold. Fold half a percent. Fold half a percent. Excuse me. So, yeah. so it's like once in a blue moon, maybe you can fold, but mostly call and raise twice as much as you fold anyway. Because like you have a really good hand. Yeah. Yeah. I can see why you wouldn't want to raise though for the most part. I, I wouldn't want to raise. No. When he bets over pot. Right. It's like, is he even going to call with a worst two pair if we shove anyway? I don't know that he is. We're the ones who have queens in our range, right? Yeah. We have jacks in our range much more than he does. Yeah. So. Yeah. A call makes perfect sense. Anyway, he miraculously got away. Crazy. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave him so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm going to be traveling the globe. We still have time to make